All right, here we are, another edition of Designated for Assignment. We're up to two times a week here for the remainder of the season, usually after a series on Wednesday or Thursday, whatever it is, or Sunday, and then we'll figure it out as the playoffs come around. The Blue Jays take two out of three against the Yankees. Hard to argue with that. You know, it's a successful result. It's always going to be difficult to beat a pitcher who is going to win the Cy Young, and Garrett Cole was every bit of that on Thursday night. He was excellent, and you tip your cap sometimes to one of the greats, and Garrett Cole is obviously one of that. The Blue Jays muster just four hits in the final game of the series, drop at 5-3. to three. They had a threat, I guess you could call it, there in the top of the ninth, but uh, ultimately come up short, and uh, they head to Tampa Bay 85-67, and 67, and yet they're still in control of their own destiny, Obviously, Texas and Seattle are going to be playing each other seven times. And if the Blue Jays just do enough, they'll get one of those final two wildcard spots in the American League. But, uh, you know, this is what it is at this point. This team is, I think, by and large, going to have to win in spite of its offense. Yeah, they they did score seven in one of the games against the Yankees, hit a couple of home runs. That's really what everyone has been hoping for and wishing for all season long. But that just hasn't really been what this team is all about this year. They haven't found that stride, that gear offensively that you've been hoping for, that you've been searching for. And uh, it's been part of the reason that they've struggled to have success consistently uh, all season long. But uh, at this point, you just have to find a way uh, to scrape out wins. And you could look at the game against Cole and say, oh, well, that's what you're going to see in the playoffs. And the Jays have just struggled to hit good pitchers of late, especially. And there's some truth to that, definitely. But uh, at that point, you know, you get in and, and you never know um, what can happen. But you know, Jose Brios was, I thought, fine. He made one really bad mistake, and it was taken out for a three-run home run by Jake Bowers there in the first inning. It was a bad fastball, and it got hammered into the second deck. But I think you can give a pitcher a mulligan in a lot of situations, and he didn't allow things to snowball. He only gave up one run uh, the the rest of the way. And this is the unfortunate reality is sometimes the – one mistake, especially with runners on base, can be enough when you're talking about a lineup that has no Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I know we saw him pinch hit in the top of the ninth inning, but he wasn't available for the final two games of the series. And I'd be lying if I said I wasn't concerned about that. He had the knee issue in spring, I believe it was, and then he missed some games in May. And it seems like it's on and off been a problem for him all season. And maybe that is a contributing factor to what has been a less than stellar offensive season. I think I I would hope that it was right. You don't ever hope for an injury, but it would make a lot of sense that a, a player who has been known to hit for power has not been able to drive the ball, especially on fly balls to the pull side with the same authority as average fly ball distance has been down this year, even though he's been still hitting the ball relatively hard. Maybe it's just, he hasn't had the same extension, the same ability to drive the ball because of that 
aching knee, whatever it is, um, it's clearly going to be an issue now the rest of the way. Uh, they're not going to IL him, I don't think, because they need him desperately to on the stretch here. But the fact that he wasn't playing in two really important games in a life or death, essentially, playoff race, I think is an indication of where he is physically. I don't know if you can put a percentage on it but he's clearly not a hundred percent or anywhere near it. And he's just going to have to gut it out at this point, it's much the same way uh, Bo Bichette is going to have to gut it out. He did go over four on Thursday, but he showed signs of life in the first two games, went four for nine, hit a home run, drove in four runs, first home run since I believe it was August the 20th and more of the, swings that you were accustomed to seeing from April to the beginning of August when he was healthy, driving the ball to all parts of the field, hitting the ball hard. He had a home run to right center field. Yes, it's Yankee Stadium, but it was still hit hard, hit with authority. And especially if Guerrero is going to be hampered, it's even more important that Bichette has more games like we saw in the first two games um, of that series. So uh, obviously very encouraging from him. And, you know, the Blue Jays now are in a position where you're, they're going to Tampa Bay. We know that uh, that's never an easy place to win. And the Rays have a lot to play for. As I record this, they won on Thursday and Baltimore's losing to the Cleveland Guardians in the top of the ninth. And if they lose that game, I believe the deficit will drop to a game and a half and Tampa Bay certainly wants to win that division. They want that by uh, as much as any team would in that situation. So the Jays are going to have to be at their best because Tampa Bay is not going to give you anything easy there. Uh, even without some of their best players, you know that they're always going to make it difficult on you. And we know the track record at Tropicana Field. It is what it is. Uh, I can't think of a a more... Um, unappealing, unattractive prospect than going to Tampa Bay in late September needing to win a series. I think it was a couple of years ago they had some struggles in Tampa Bay when they were trying to um, lock down a playoff spot. I think it was when Kiermaier swiped the card from Kirk. I, I think they lost that series, and obviously we know how that season ended. So uh, it's obviously going to be difficult in Tampa Bay. And then you've got the Yankees again next week. You're going to see Garrett Cole. And we know what that's all about. And then you got to close out the season with the Rays. But you just have to, at this point, there's, I guess, what, 10 games left in the season. I feel like if you go five and five, um, you're probably going to make the playoffs. Or I guess there's there's nine games left in the season. Yeah, it's, they've played 153 and there's nine games left. So you go five and four, you get to 90 wins and you're 90 and 72, and I think you're making it. If you go four and five, I think, depending on what happens, that really brings some possibilities into play that wouldn't be the best because obviously you don't have the tiebreaker with either of Texas um, or Seattle. So I think five and four is getting you in, and that just means that you know you take two out of three, ideally, at home against the Yankees, and then just win three games somehow, whatever order they're in against the Rays. Just figure out a way to get that done, and you're in the playoffs. And then it's a whole new ball game, and maybe some of the issues that have plagued you for a good chunk of the season don't a a anymore. And we'll see what happens. But uh, it's hard to be 
that upset with um, what the Blue Jays did in New York. And uh, I did want to talk about Kevin Biggio again. I, I know that he's probably out of his element on the whole batting third, but I think the fact that he's been as good as he's been makes it a legitimate situation to put him in. And we saw on Wednesday night, he made a great diving play at first base. He made a great diving play at third base last week. He made a good play in right field. I think this is what Kevin Biggio at his best is giving you quality at bats in all different situations. And obviously, um, providing you with some defensive versatility and some flexibility and some quality at a variety of different positions. And that's what this is all about. You want him to be an effective utility player. This is what an effective utility player looks like. And those are valuable in the playoffs. You, you can wear a bunch of different hats and um, do it relatively effectively. And uh, it's a, a really encouraging development, I would say, for the Blue Jays. Uh, I did want to also talk about Alec Manoa. It's a bizarre situation that continues to become more bizarre with each passing day, with each passing week. Uh, I don't know if it, the information is coming from the team. I assume that it is. It, there's all sorts of spin, it feels like, uh, from both sides, receiving multiple injections in his pitching arm to rule out some stuff. And it it seems like there's nothing serious there uh, just to reduce inflammation and discomfort uh, to rule out thoracic outlet syndrome, which obviously is, it would be very concerning if that was the case, but um, I don't know where this situation goes from here. Uh, I, I would be lying if I said I felt great just about the whole state of affairs. I don't know how you could, but I don't, th I think it would be premature to say that, Oh yeah, Alec Manoa has pitched his last game as a blue Jay. I just think that we don't have enough information to really make uh, a declaration one way or the other. I think that it's probably fair to say that there is work to be done on both sides to get the relationship in a place where uh, you can feel good about the long-term picture between Alec Manoa um, and the Blue Jays, but uh, it's really just a startling, I guess, decline, change, fall from grace from last year at this time when I remember in September, he had an incredible start against Baltimore in a big series at the beginning of September, and he was good down the stretch. Yeah, he obviously didn't have the success that he wanted to in the wildcard series, but Nobody in their wildest nightmare imagination would have expected anything approaching what we saw this season. And he's got lots that he needs to figure out, uh, I think, on a lot of different levels. And I don't think that the Blue Jays can go into the offseason. We're not there yet, but for the purposes of this conversation, looking at Alec Manoa as somebody that you can just pencil in and feel comfortable that he is going to be uh, constant in the rotation. I think that uh, the offseason is going to have to take that into consideration one way or the other, whether it's adding a, a pitcher via trade or free agent. Maybe it's not a upper echelon. Like I don't think they're signing Aaron Nola this offseason, but somebody who can at least be there to be competitive in spring training next season if 
for whatever reason, there's a change in the state of affairs with Alec Manoa, or he's not effective. You just can't go into a situation, I don't think, where your rotation depth is as perilous as it has been this year. The Jays have had four starting pitchers make 30 or more starts. The likelihood of that happening on a year-to-year basis is just not very high. And it was the reason that they're in the position that they're in this year is because they had so much reliability and success from their starting pitchers. I just don't think that that's a sustainable model. If you're not going to be that much better than a league average offensive team, injuries and inconsistency, what have you are bound to happen uh, through all facets of your roster, but particularly on the pitching side of things. And uh, I think that they have to approach the off season with that somewhat, um, a consideration, something that they have to factor in heading into 2024. But obviously we have a long way to go before that happens. And uh, the Blue Jays are going to head to Tampa Bay in the second wild card spot. They've got a half game lead over Seattle and Texas, which is a virtual tie with the tiebreaker, but they have the half game lead and there's nine games left in the season, three against Tampa at the Trop, and then a final homestand against the Yankees and the Rays to close it out. So Uh, This is obviously the most important time of the year and the games, this is what it's all about. You've grinded through nearly six months of Blue Jays baseball and it has been no easy task this season. It's been a real slog for large stretches of the season, but uh, September baseball, meaningful September baseball, that's what it's all about. And uh, it's been a long time uh, in this city where you could really feel comfortable year in and year out having important games to root for and watch in September. So uh, it's not lost on me, and I don't think it should be lost on any other baseball fans in this city that uh, the Blue Jays have this opportunity in front of them. So we'll see what happens here. I'll be back Sunday, uh, as always, to recap it. Maybe Monday, Sunday or Monday, whatever it is, uh, after the Blue Jays and the Rays at Tropicana Field. So just wanted to jump on here with a quick podcast to recap the series against the Yankees. As always, you can find me on Twitter at jgoldberg12, at DFA underscore pod. And uh, please like, rate, review, comment, subscribe, wherever you find your podcast designated for assignment. I really appreciate it as always. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you in a couple of days. And uh, buckle up. This is uh, the most important time of the year, the most exciting time of the year. So enjoy it. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. I'm Josh Goldberg. And thanks as always for listening to designated for assignment.